I'll start talking and then we'll just let people filter in because I don't want it to go too late. So um, my name is Amy Cavalier and I'm the leader of the Rochester Minimalists. Thank you everyone for coming and um, we hope that the presentations we've prepared and just opening up to questions, you know, talking about our experiences will give you guys a little inspiration and, and just keep that conversation going, you know. What is minimalism to everybody? Um, what does it look like for you? Um, so we're just going to keep it kind of informal. Feel free to interrupt my presentation. I'm sure all the presenters don't mind just taking questions, you know, as you have them. And then after the presentations, we'll, we'll get that um, discussion going a little bit more. So if you're not familiar with the Rochester Minimalists already, we have been meeting for a couple of years now. Um, hey. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, no, come on. Um, we've been meeting for a couple years now. We meet on a monthly basis. We're also on Facebook um, and meetup.com. So feel free to join us, follow, um, keep up with conversations, and be um, updated about future meetings through Facebook and Meetup. Um, I did this presentation last week. I, pre I provided it for the University of Rochester. They have a lunch seminar where you can like learn about different topics that have to do with health. So I presented this there, um, oh, it was an hour there, so I'm gonna really summarize it, keep it short. Um, you can find this uh, presentation on the Minimalist's Facebook page in full, or if you just look on YouTube and search um, U of R Lunch Bites, um, it should show up. So um, feel free to check that out and you'll get the full presentation. But um, I think most people here, I notice, I recognize a lot of faces, so you all are on board with the minimalism mindset and lifestyle or, you know, attempting to get on board with it. So a lot of this stuff will be kind of obvious, but, you know, for those of us who are just new to it or want to know more, um, I just pulled together some information that I've gathered in uh, the, pet, the quest to lead the minimalists. So um, here you'll see the, you know, that, man, that meme has really stuck with me. You know, if things are not adding up in your life, hey Arvin, Hi. <laughs> come on in. Um, if things aren't adding up in your life, start subtracting. Um, it's therapy to get rid of stuff, really. So um, this is a quote from the minimalists, Ryan and Joshua, you know, what minimalism is, a tool to help you find freedom, freedom from fear, freedom from worry, freedom from overwhelm, freedom from guilt, freedom from depression, Freedom from the trappings of consumer culture, we've built our lives around real freedom. Now, that does sound like it might be too good to be true, but it has, I don't know, it, you know if, with your own personal experiences, hi, come on in, make yourself at home. Um, if you've all experienced that feeling of freedom, you know, the more you get rid of, the more you find out what really brings value in your life, um, I'm sure that it's changed, you've noticed a change in your, in your mindset and your psyche. Um, Another quote from Joshua Becker, he's also at the forefront of minimalism. Um, minimalism is a lifestyle marked by clarity, purpose, and intentionality. At its core, minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things we value most and the removal of everything that distracts us from it. It is a life that forces intentionality, and as a result, it forces improvements in almost all aspects of your life. Um, for somebody who doesn't know what minimalism is, they might say, well, why do I need to do this? You know, wh why should I get rid of my things? Well, these are just some really shocking statistics that I've used in some articles. Um, the average American household contains over 300,000 items. 
yet still one out of every 10 American rents off-site storage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, the, we waste an average of 55 minutes a day looking for things that we can't find, that we own. Um, that's 12 days a year, <laughs> if you add that up. Um, and we're more in debt than ever. We're now at $102 trillion of credit card debt. I know a lot of the things that I spent money on, you know, on with credit cards um, that I don't have anymore, definitely, you know, still paying for that, <laughs> some way, shape, or form. How did we get here? Um, there's reasons why we hang on to things: guilt, um, things that remind us uh, of the person who gave them to you, the person you inherited them from, uh, the place you got them at. You know, a lot of memories associated with things. So. Um, that's a, there's a there's a definitely an emotional uh, element to minimalism. Hey guys, come on in. You're fine. Don't worry. We started right on time, so <laughs> it's a minimalist thing. Yes. It's not a minute. So you know, get, there's there's a lot of emotions associated with our things and um, the reasons why we hang on to them. Maybe you're on a budget. You're not sure when you're going to be able to purchase something again, or you know you don't want to get rid of it because you might find a use for it later. Uh, that's again segues into the next bullet. You see a use for everything. Are you a teacher, a tinkerer, or a crafter? And you see potential in every used box of macaroni, every discarded magazine, every milk carton. You know you you can see the the visualized like it's going to be a craft or something. So you don't want to get rid of that because you might use use it later. Or you don't want something to go to waste in the trash, or you're holding on to it for your uh, grandchildren or children, keepsake, the antique. Um, there's, there's such a thing as retail therapy. Um, shopping can be therapeutic and even patriotic. I don't know if anybody remembers after 9-11 what we were told to do, yeah. but Bye. shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's, it's something that's passed down through our government, through our family members generationally, and through advertising. Um, psychologically, uh, there's a compulsion to hoard. Some people might fear not having enough. Uh, 19 million Americans struggle with hoarding. That's 6% of the population. So some of the benefits to minimalism. When you own fewer things, you spend less time cleaning, organizing, looking for lost belongings, finding room for things, saving money. So you spend less. That means you have to work less, save more, I mean, ideally. Um, so reducing unnecessary purchases, finding creative ways to borrow, barter, or even get things for free can really sh save you money and, and allow you to put that money in towards debt or you know, that dream vacation you've always wanted. I'm learning through minimalism that um, I, I'm choosing to lead a life that I can afford rather than one that's compared to the Joneses. So taking away that comparison and saying, you know, what truly makes me happy um, and then I'm, I'm doing less comparing to other people as well, because um, I know what makes me happy, and um, I can be excited and happy for other people for having fancy cars, but I know for me, a cheaper car, you know, that is going to be reliable is, is more within my, my lifestyle fit. Um, I do find, you know, when I get rid of clothes is one big thing. Like, uh, I'll get rid of a bunch of clothes, and then suddenly my girlfriend has a bunch of clothes for me. So I'm feeling like the universe does kind of hear me when I get rid of something, and it, it, it provides, you know, something else comes up to take its place. Or um, new, you know, when I, when I stopped 
I had like a six year tradition of doing a certain thing for New Year's every year. And then once I stopped doing that, um, I, I realized that new experiences were just as fun and that I had kind of been trying to recreate this experience every year. So by you know, um, detaching from you know, what I'm used to, that comfort zone, I've been able to open up to new experiences, new people, new, new energy. Um, this finally came up. I'm so excited. It didn't come up on my last presentation. So it's the brain and the heart cartoon and the, the heart saying, I want, and the brain saying, you don't need it. And it's squirting it with a spray bottle. <laughs> and, and it keeps doing this until finally the brain or the heart says, want, don't need. And then they says, they grow up so fast. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a muscle. Minimalism is a muscle. The more you do it, the easier it gets, the clearer it gets when you look at something uh, as to whether or not it's bringing value or it's just taking up space and, and, and actually weighing you down. So where do we begin? Um, let's see here. Where to begin? <laughs> Set attainable goals. Um, a lot of people say, I don't know if anybody here has seen the Minimalist documentary. Um, I hear, whenever I hear somebody say, I saw that movie and I could not do that. That is not me. I could never be like that. Well, I tell them right away, my, my version of minimalism looks nothing like that movie. I have things. I have things on my walls. I have clothes in my closets. I have books on my shelves. Um, it's just a matter of determining, you know, what, it's a personal one-size-fits-all. It's not, um, you have nine books, you have eight mugs, you, you know, there's no number. It's not a one-size-fits-all lifestyle. It's a right-sized lifestyle. So the size that fits your lifestyle, what, you know, that's something that, it's a lifetime process, really, you know, because life changes. So we don't need things, and, and it's a, it, that's when we start to hang on to them. Even though we don't need them, well, hang on to them. So it's, it's about, like, kind of, like, making space for those um, for new things, so um, let's see here. So practicalism, I like to call it instead of minimalism because it's just you know that minimalism seems sometimes unattainable to people. Don't get overwhelmed. It has taken us. I mean, this this meme says it right here. I spent the first two thirds of my life acquiring stuff that doesn't matter, only so that I can spend the last one third of my life getting rid of it. What a stupid game of consumerism we Americans play. And I saw um, something I posted in the group this week. Look around at all that clutter. It used to be money. You know? So it's, it's, it can be tough to come to grips with that. You, know, you spend a bunch of money. You don't want to just get rid of the stuff. But in the end, um, your life might actually be more um, enjoyable. And you might be more mindful and find peace of mind. You know, because you, we all know when we walk in a cluttered room how we feel. Well, our minds are just rooms. You know, and we, if we are, are surrounded by clutter, whether that be people clutter, um, goal clutter, you know, crafts that we were going to do for 10 years clutter, um, that's, you know, making us kind of feel bad, you know, like, so just don't get overwhelmed. This is going to take a long time. It's taken me four years to even get to the point where I can even, you know, feel like I might be a minimalist. <laughs> I'm really not there yet, so. Um, Let's see here, make it fun. So it might stick. Um, I play the pantry purge every like once a month. I'll just force myself to not buy groceries that week and say you have to eat what's in the freezer, you have to eat what's in the cupboard. You know, maybe go buy some bread or you know, a couple of things, but just really like force myself. And at first it's 
it's uncomfortable and it's unpleasant and it's not what I wanted to eat for dinner. But by the end of the week, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so creative. Look what I can make with like nothing, you know? So <laughs> then, then I'm challenged to keep it going for another week. But um, I definitely had like a hoarding of food problem for many years. My uh, Nicole lived with me, so she, she had trouble finding room in the refrigerator at times, I'm sure. Um, and the minimalist game, um, we played it uh, last month, or th this month we were playing it in the, you know, to some extent, in the group. It's a 30-day game. On the first day of the month, you get rid of one thing. The second day, you get rid of two. The third day, you get rid of three. According to the minimalist's rules, you're supposed to get rid of it, like, out of your house that day. Um, when I played the game, I've played it three times. I usually create, like, a system in the basement of um, sell, um, give away in my buy nothing group, or Craigslist, or um, Eco Park. So then at the end of the month, I'll, you know, I, I don't take that pressure, put that pressure on myself to get rid of it like that day. That's just too much. So make it fun, be flexible, don't get overwhelmed. And I love that cartoon. I'm always, I just thought, you know, we, we really are like, you know, these, we are as consumers. There's somebody who's making money off of us, and we're just really like part of the game of Monopoly. So if we can, you know, everybody says all the time, oh, I can't make a difference, I, I, I have no choice, you know, the government, blah, 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 you know, there's, there's all these things holding us back. Well, the first way you have a power is to say, I don't need to participate in consumerism. I can step back and create community connections and find ways to, you know, work together with people rather than just everybody has a ladder, you know. Does everybody need a ladder? I think we could just share the ladder. Maybe. If you I find people. Ladders. You have three ladders. <laughs> she has ladders. <laughs> share them. Um, so eliminating duplication. The, the famous one, and I think everybody can feel this one, uh, how many coffee mugs do you own? <laughs> and how many coffee mugs do you use? <laughs> right, one. And like when you do your laundry, do you find that you just, you, you wear the same thing every week because it's on top of the drawer? <laughs> you know, like, so think about, you know, we never get deep into the drawer, so really, like, eliminating duplication. How much do you use this item? Are you going to use it all at once? If you're not going to use it, if you're using it once or twice a year, is it something you can borrow? Um, can I just say yeah, something yeah. to the closet? One of the things I heard, you take all your clothes and you turn the hangers backwards, and then as you take things out and use it, then you turn it. I actually, After yeah, I got that tip. months or whatever time frame, anything that's not yeah. turned around. I, I think that's my on one of my slides. So. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> good one. <laughs> it's a good one, yeah. Um, purchase quality. Don't just, I mean, I think about my shoes. I For many years, I bought cheap shoes from Payless, and I would have to buy those shoes three times because they get stinky, they would get... You know, they would get ruined, they were scuffed, they didn't look good. So then I spent $30 three times, that's $90. I probably could have just bought leather shoes that would last. So um, purchasing quality, a lifetime warranty, read the reviews, do your homework, make sure that this product is going to last. Don't waste your money on crap. And so much stuff is out there these days is crap. Um, check, cut back on gift purchases. Um, the average American spends $900 for Christmas in 2016. So we might all have spent more or less, but um, think about how many gifts you've gotten that you just are like, oh, thanks. Where am I going to put this? You know, like, so there's, there's, don't take the pressure off yourself. Take the pressure off the person receiving the gift. 
that they need to like be excited to get something they didn't actually need, you know, give, give, give experiences, give the gift of your time, your undivided attention. That's like unheard of these days, you know. So experiences, time with each other instead of gifts. Lose the sale mentality. Just because it's on sale does not mean you need it. Um, there's some questions I'm gonna on the next slide that you can really ask yourself, but you know, does it fit? Is it versatile? Um, will I have more than one purpose? A lot of these, I mean, everybody's getting the Instapot now. It's the new thing, you know, but what about the Crock-Pot? Does, does it do the same thing? You know, um, then you got the air fryer. So now I've got three appliances. I don't have it. I just have a Crock-Pot. But, you know, just maybe like, you know, consider does this, ha does this item have more than one use? You know, is it just going to be a, um, you know, you, you know, one purpose? So, um, Amazon, oh, let's see here. I was going to mention Amazon Prime. It's a Pandora's box. I mean, you pay to have free shipping, but then you, in your mind, you have to get your money's worth. And then it's so easy to just hit yes, ship, you know. And um, so, you know, nowadays, most companies are doing free shipping because of Amazon. You know, we, you don't have to get Amazon Prime. And it, it can re really be, um, you know, an unhealthy encouragement to shop. Same with, like, coupons in your email, you know, sometimes unsubscribing to those can really help because it's out of sight, out of mind, you know. Um, yeah, that's really helped for me. Um, I was mentioning the cardigan example in my presentation. I have a cardigan that I love. It's gray and black. And then I have like 50 other cardigans that I don't <laughs> love. And I was noticing I have five black cardigans and I didn't like any of them, but I have this one cardigan that I wear all the time. So why not Learn my style, learn what I really love by like observing what clothes do I wear the most and then looking for that style in the color I need it. You know? So get to know your, your own style. This is like my favorite blog ever. I love Seth Godin and he is probably a minimalist, but this, I've read it to many people, probably all of you in a meeting before. What does, the co what does it really cost? It's, it's not just the price tag. Um, does it need dry cleaning? What does it eat? How long does the training take? What happens when it breaks? Where will I store it? What's the produ productivity increase that justifies the ongoing expense? How many staff hours does it take to support the new approach? How will it make me feel to tell other people that I own it? Do I need enhanced security or insurance? <laughs> what happens to the operation when it goes down and needs to be replaced? What skills will I lose if I rely on this? Is it housebroken? <laughs> and most important, what's the cost to all of us to produce it and then dispose of it when it's done? We live in a dollar store society. People think things should cost a dollar. Who got I paid? love the dollar store. I know. I don't mean to I don't mean to target the dollar store, but I think it's created this mentality that like you just everything can be produced cheaply, you know, but the, think about the person who made that, how little they made, and so you're supporting that when you buy that cheap item, you know, so just kind of asking some important questions before you purchase something, not just do I want it. Uh, enforcing rules, set a budget, so with um, your, your mugs, 10, you know, create a budget. And if you get another one, you got to get rid of the other one. Um, one. One of the minimalists, I think Ben pointed this out to me, was the, the magnet with um, Joshua's child, I think, has a magnet mm. on the fridge. Yeah. And so instead of having like everything this child ever did or made or got a grade on, there's one magnet and the child has to choose 
what they want on the fridge. So that's a lesson for the child. You know, what's important to me? Not everything is worth displaying, but you know, for now, I'll I'll hang this, and then tomorrow I might hang something else. But you just get one. Um, the hanger trick. Thank you for bringing that up, and you'll see that the example here. Um, my friend told me, um, Courtney actually said, when she gets something from Amazon Prime, that the box that it comes in, she will not, she has to fill the box with things she doesn't need before it leaves the house. <laughs> so that's like kind of a bargain she's made. She can shop, but then she's gonna have to fill a box with stuff she doesn't want, and it has to leave the house. Um, contacting an appraiser, um, these treasures, these priceless <laughs> antiques, they might actually be worthless. So before you s decide to spend the next 20 years stockpiling stuff, ask somebody if it's actually worth what you know you think it, or will it ever be worth something, because so much is not. Also, they say, I mean, you don't know if something's gonna be worth a lot in 20 years either, so they say, just save everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah. I don't know, will I be able to enjoy that money in 20, you know? Right. So I guess it's like a, it's a personal choice, but the and like next month we're having um, Keepers of the Past come in. So he's gonna talk about estate sales, you know, what is really valuable, he'll really get into that. And you can always bring one item, and we're gonna do a road, like a antique road mm -hmm. show. Yeah. So you can bring in an item, he'll give you a loose estimate and tell you, you know, what it might be worth. So um, just, you know, ask, ask an expert. Go beyond things. Clutter takes many forms in our lives. Digital clutter, bad habit clutter, work clutter, social clutter. Uh, it's really important to decipher the need between a want, the difference between a want and a need. It's a muscle, the more you flex it, the, more, the stronger it gets and the more it has a positive impact on other areas in your life. So basically, you're all ready to get rid of all of your things now, right? <laughs> but you don't want to just throw them in the trash. So there's ways to get rid of them. Craigslist has a, um, you can sell stuff on Craigslist, Monroe County Virtual Yard Sale. I made a lot of money when I first started the purging, because that was when I actually had things of value. Now I'm just getting rid of junk, <laughs> you know? So in the beginning I was like, oh, I, like $400, you know? So, but then eventually I started to see too, my time's worth money. So maybe some of these things I could just get rid of, you know, for free. Um, free site, there is a free site um, on Craigslist. Um, buy nothing in Monroe County. This is kind of, been born from the minimalist group. We were looking for a way to share on the page my wheelbarrow, my, mainly my stuff, um, my ice cream maker, my bread maker, because you know I couldn't rationalize holding on to these things because I wasn't using them. But if somebody else wanted to use them, I'll keep them. Nobody wanted them, so um, I created. I, I looked into this. I looked into FreeCycle, and I didn't really feel like it was, the user interface was like that useful for people. I wanted something on Facebook and we found these buy nothing communities. We started one in our neighborhood two years ago. We have 350 members. You could ask for, share, or give away anything for free. And now there's 11 of them in Monroe County. So um, if you go to the buy nothing website, you can find a group in your area. And it is very powerful. Speaking of making community connections, that's been extremely powerful for me. I've met a lot of wonderful people through Buy Nothing, Jennifer's in her Buy Nothing group, so. Yeah. She and I are always dropping stuff on porches. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's nice, you know, I know my neighbors now because of this Buy Nothing group. It's more than, when you can use your things to connect with people, that's even better, you know? And so we remember the days when we used to go to the neighbors and actually ask for sugar, and ask for eggs, and ask for a ladder, you know? Bringing that back is so important. 
community wish list if you haven't heard of it before. A uh, great resource. Uh, all the local charities can put their wish lists in there. Um, they might be volunteer wishes. They might be um, tactile items. They might need printers, paper. Um, you can literally search. If you have an item you're trying to get rid of, you can search by the item, and then it'll tell you what charities need that. So that's a great way to get rid of stuff. Genesee Valley Penny Saver has a give or take column. I am the, I'm notorious for, does anybody have something I can borrow on social media? I'm always asking to borrow people's things. Um, I might even offer, you know, to lend somebody something. So just, you'd be surprised. People have things they want to lend. Just put it out there. Ask on your Facebook page before you go and buy something. Um, and, and also, I, you know, if, so, if you were wanting to buy something but you're not sure you're going to use it, borrow it first, you know. See if you actually use it. See if you... You may be, like me, the ice cream maker. I thought it was a great find. <laughs> I've never made ice cream. <laughs> so, um, sell your clothes online, go to a consignment shop, or do a clothing swap with your friends. Um, you know, if somebody's got clothes that are still good and they want to give them away, they're probably quality clothes. You know, a lot of the fast fashion industry these days is created, I think they said 11 seasons. It used to be four. <laughs> Now there's 11 seasons, according to fashion. So how do you keep up with that? And half the stuff you buy next year, it's not fashionable anymore. So I personally, I like thrifting and getting hand-me-downs because those are probably clothes that were loved and still existing. You know, So that's a test for their, their durability. I think this, this topic, for me, really hits home. Um, in, in 2014, the average household spent an average of $1,786 on apparel and related services. Uh, according to the EPA, 15.1 million tons of textile waste was generated in 2013. 12.8 million tons were discarded. So. I was just going to say, I, I actually work at ABBI, which is a part of Goodwill. Goodwill takes rags. I mean, you could actually, like, you know. This is great to know. Things with holes in them mm -hmm. or whatever, and just, you know, write that they're rags, and they, um, you know. Find a home for them. Yeah, that's great to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's donation centers around, too. There's, you know, one in Calder Ridge. Cool. Thank you for letting us know about that. Yeah, because I'm always like, what do you, I, I know what I can get rid of clothes, but stuff that's, you know, zippers are broken, holes, things like that. So ABVI does take them. That's good to know. Uh, we have a great resource in Rochester, the um, Monroe County Eco Park. You can pretty much recycle anything on there. Go to their website. They have a long list of things you can recycle. Green Innovations will take anything pretty much you, as well. So those are some good ways to get rid of things. And just, you know, lastly, for more information, the minimalists which started these community groups. They have podcasts, blogs, books. We meet monthly. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Meetup. Um, we're, we're doing the Keepers of the Past at Penfield Public Library next month. And then the following month is, um, May, we're doing Fairport Tool Thrift Shop. So that's a place to get you know, cheaper tools There's or even donate tools. There's also a shop there too. What's that? There's oh, also yeah. a second clothing. clothing store. Yeah. Do a meetup before that? Shopping, maybe. <laughs> make sure, make sure they're open. Yeah, and then we are having a potluck June in my house, which was we did one in December. It was really fun, and a lot of a lot of connections were made. I was shocked when twenty five strangers showed up at my house, <laughs> all the vegetarian food. So <laughs> nice strangers. Um, and now we're not strangers. 
And then July, we're get, my friend runs Sweet Bees. It's a nonprofit organization that is um, doing education for beekeeping in Ecuador, Ecuador and Rochester. And there's three hives in Rochester, so we're gonna visit all three. Ones indoors, ones in a garden, and then ones on a rooftop. So I'm hoping we can get the sunset for that one. So just join us. I find that when you're trying to make a change in your life, the best way to do that is to surround yourself with people and ideas and podcasts, feeding your mind. What we feed our mind is how we feel. You know, that's so. If you're trying to make a change and you surround yourself with those types of messages, it's going to be easier. It's going to be more clear on a daily basis. You know, what are you doing? More inspiring too. Yeah, exactly. And then speaking of podcasts, Ben has in his Rochester Groovecast has helped us a lot by doing recordings of meetings. He's done a podcast. Um, so we did a podcast that's on Rochester Groovecast on minimalism. On minimalism. We did one on minimizing your wardrobe. It was a meeting we recorded. Really educational um, presentations by the pre by the um, panelists. We also did a tiny homes panel, and that all three of those are on Rochester Groovecast. So um, we've created our own podcasts here in Rochester, mm -hmm. and then the Buy Nothing Project um, to find your Buy Nothing community. So um, I hope this has been you know somewhat informative. Any questions before we we move on to the next presenter? All right, save it all for the end. <laughs> so, Ben. I was just looking on yeah. Facebook. So, because um, I, you know, I, I see your events. Yeah. So, there's not really a Facebook page other than minimalist.org, Rochester, local meetup group. That's us. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. You'll find, you'll see all a few of these faces on there. So, yeah. Yeah, join us. Okay, I just did. Cool. <laughs> and I'm sorry I didn't introduce everyone from the start. I, I figured you all came, you saw the, um, the literature, but we have Nicole Devier with us today, Ben Albert, Alpert, and, um, and Jamie Love. And Jamie Bell, how do you pronounce it? Okay. It's just Jamie Bellagatti. Yeah. Thank you. She's going by my face. Yeah. 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 Jamie Bell, it's fine. She is love. <laughs> so I think Ben's going to present next. Sweet. <laughs> you just tell me when you need me to advance. Um, you can go, go yeah. for it. Okay. I like your color choice. You like that? Yeah, I do. That's it was very minimalist. Very minimal. Yeah. <laughs> Not like mine. <laughs> well, my name's Ben. Um, thanks everyone for being here and Amy for the lovely intro. And yeah. Um, so I don't even know where to start. I kind of want to just tell a story. Um, and kind of rip off and kind of what it taught me and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it. So, from a childhood, so I'm starting in childhood. <laughs> I'll keep it brief. <laughs> um, it's just like, does it? <laughs> just like um, any ordinary, you know, middle class American kid, I was surrounded by lots of material things, you know, and my, Father and I didn't have the best connection. Generally, when we would have a fight, he'd buy me something, and that's how we <laughs> solved our problems. Um, and then you get a little bit older, and then there's competition for what friends you're gonna have, being with like the, the cool kids, or whatever the hell that means, and really just um, focusing a lot on how people perceive you through the things I was buying and like I think the new game systems. Come on in. Come on in. Hey, Elise. Hello, man. <laughs> so, 
really just accumulating all these things that were really just other people's values. I, it was just to look good for my friends and look good for, um, <laughs> I don't really know why. And um, what really kind of shook me up was a few years ago, um, my father got sick, he passed away, and before you know it, you're, where my brother and I had already moved out, and I had already moved multiple times, and we were, I had already gotten rid of a lot of stuff, but <laughs> then we go and we're moving my mother into a new home, a condo, and just going through that basement and all the crap I had stored there, and the amount you accumulate living in a house for 15 years, and it was just unreal. Like, I had electronics from like the 1990s. Like, you know, I don't need a cell phone charger from 2002. Um, but it was a lot of just in case things, just in case books. I'd have textbooks um, from textbooks from like high school. Like, oh, I'm, one day I'm gonna read this psychology textbook again. But in all reality, you can get them, the studies change all the time. You wanna be reading the modern textbook anyway. So it was just a lot of just in case crap. And not to call it crap, but um, so I'm thinking, yeah, we'll do the next slide. So really um, with all this happening, I was really diving into what can I do to get rid of some of this stress, get rid of, I want to have a more meaningful life, a more meaningful job. And I kind of wanted to run away from all this, this stress and problems I had. So what I did, and I was working two jobs, a full-time and a part-time. And so I was just like, screw this. I'm working like 60 hours a week at a very low wage. Screw this. And I quit my job to basically start Rochester Groovecast, which at the time was really only just a podcast. I had no income from it. Um, but basically the vision was, I was a huge music fan and I was going to concerts and literally five, six, seven nights a week I would go see music and I was very supportive. Like there's gotta be a way to monetize this. Like I, I had read a book, The Four Hour Work Week, and it doesn't actually mean four hours in a work week, but it's really all about um, working less and basically taking vacation as you go rather than working really, really hard for 40 years and then going into retirement and then doing all the things you love, finding ways to make mini vacations and really enjoy work as you go. Um, so I was thinking Rochester Groovecast. It was spring and I love going to music festivals and things like that. So what I did was basically the barter system. I would go to music festivals. I went to like 12 overnight festivals plus some um, Lilac Fest and Jazz Fest and all the local things too. And I was literally kind of just living on the barter system where I would volunteer and I'd promote and in return I'd get to go to these music festivals for free. And it was so freaking fun. Like it was the most, that my enjoyment level was very high. Um, very, very high enjoyment and very kind of hedonistic in a sense. like. It was, I was getting, I had a lot less things and I was doing a lot more things that I thought was valuable and enjoyed, but it was kind of like a hedonistic thing. I'd be home four days, then I'd go out of town for three days, 
I drink too much. I wouldn't take care of myself. I wasn't there for my family because I was gone all the time. And it actually was starting to take a toll. It was, it was kind of like how I was, when I was younger, I used materialism to, you know, mask these issues I, were ha I was having. And now I was more using this hedonistic, like, I mean, I love music and I'm not knocking it, but I had these super great moments and then I'd have these super low moments. And it it wasn't working. It, it could work, but it wasn't working the way that I had imagined it. And next slide, I believe. Oh, that's basically what I was talking about. How was summer? <laughs> <laughs> that's me, that's some people at this jam music festival. So much fun, so much enjoyment. But um, we'll go to the next slide. I talked through that slide. So what happened next? So um, I kind of did. It's almost ironic in a sense, and I see that it's kind of like almost like a, a short-term failure. But I did the opposite of what I had originally tried to do. I went back to the footwork force. I got a full-time job because I was in serious debt. We were talking about the credit card debt earlier. I was having so much fun, but I was building debt and more debt, and it it wasn't working because, not that I need a ton of money, but I'm not immune to it, and not having money actually makes it harder to show up for the people in your life and actually contribute. I was doing all the fun stuff, but I needed to figure out a way to find a balance between the two. Not that I would throw Rochester Groovecast on the back burner and not pursue it. Gonna pursue it slowly, but not feed all my time and money into it all at once. Find a way to find that balance. And I think that's a big part of minimalism. Find that balance where you have what you need and have what you value, but you don't use minimalism to get away from the realities of the modern day world. Um, so, next slide. What I learned. Well, that's a little bit about what I learned. Um, I'm going to continue working on, you know, this great vision I think I have for Rochester Groupcast to really build that and contribute to the community. But I really need to show up first, have a stronger foundation. Like I said, I'm not immune to cash. People like to. I think there is a limit where you don't need trillions of dollars, but like I said, if you can earn enough money that you can actually support your your passions, support your family, people always give the advice, follow your passion. Sometimes you need to follow what's necessary to make your passion possible for the long term. And um, we'll do one more slide. Minimalism. So the reason I kind of tell this story is really just not to give any specific advice, but kind of just pose, get my own mind thinking, get people thinking about it, and kind of just pose these questions. Are, are you using minimalism to get away from a problem? Is it almost like the, it's almost like the yin and the yang, there's hedonism and minimalism, where can you find the balance between the two where it serves you and 
I know it's I know it's abstract, but asking those questions like, is is this what I value? Am I showing up for the people in my lives? What re you really do value, and do whatever you can to feed into those values of security, safety, family, um, following your passion, but not running away from that reality um, like I did. And I'm really still like working on it. This is kind of therapy for me in the regard that I am not perfect. And I'd like to maybe in 20 years have like a solid ending, like this is, this is what you need to do. But it's more just, you know, exploring your flaws and exploring your successes and failures and finding kind of where you, what, what values you have and not following, using minimalism to learn that you don't have to follow other people's values and other people's objectives, figuring out what you want for yourself in your life and going for it. So, so you're a work in progress. A total work in progress. <laughs> oh my gosh! But just the with all with, I've had a couple deaths in the past few years, and with a lot of stressors, just having less clutter really has made it so much easier for me to really start focusing on these things and actually ask these questions. I think that you know what you're talking about is that void. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people are trying to fill. Like figure out what fills our void, you know, is, and it, it, sometimes it can be unhealthy stuff, and the more you kind of, it starts with things, but then slowly it, it like seeps into other areas where you start to be able to ask those important questions. First it's, oh, you know, is this bringing value to my life? Well, is that person bringing value to my life? Is this job bringing value to my life? And the more you can like hone in on, you know, you know it sounds like you're getting closer mm -hmm. to honing in on. Yeah, and I just suggest ask these questions. Um, everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna treat minimalism differently and have a different journey. Yeah. So the final slide is just thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you, Ben. And I'm excited to hear these presenters. So. That's just a very loose, you know, informal, you know, topic. To, and there's, like I said, there's no definition. So to each of us, it's an individual. A thing so just by sharing our stories hopefully kind of you can see yourself in some of them so um just do you guys care who goes next no okay. what do you prefer oh, i'll go okay yeah. well i'm nicole and um i'm a local yoga teacher i own and operate yoga Drishi. it's on Monroe avenue in the city um i also study holistic lifestyle in terms of herbs and just all sort of natural ways kind of just going back to the core. So that's a little bit about my background, like who I am, why I'm sitting here sort of thing. And you still might be wondering, why is she sitting here? You know, she's a yoga teacher. Um, she teaches wellness, this sort of thing. And minimalism wasn't something that I went and sought out. I didn't, um, I wasn't on the internet looking as a meetup group or anything like that. Amy and I have actually known each other for many, many years, and we lived together for a little bit of time, too. Um, but besides just living with her, um, I knew a little bit about the minimalism thing just because I had been practicing it already um, through yoga. Um, I went and saw the documentary with her because she brought it here. And um, when I saw that, you know, I was open to it because I knew I already practiced this thing that they were calling minimalism. 
Um, but when I saw it, it was just nice to see that there was this other group, not necessarily labeled yogis, um, <laughs> something that sometimes puts me on the outside. Um, people were flocking to this thing that like, you know, I was just like, yes, you know, this is, this is what we need. And it's, um, for me, you know, it, it brings you back to, to who you are. We're all so much trying to distract ourselves, whether it be with things, um, but then you might get rid of the things and do something like meditation. And then there's thoughts. Um, so there's all these external factors that we're always, always dealing with. And then the yoga, what we're doing is focusing on that space in between. Even in our meditation, you know, we observe a thought, it comes, we let it go, we don't attach to it. And eventually those spaces in between become longer. So you create more space and it feels nice. And minimalism is the same way, you create more space. It's not that you don't have thoughts, you know, of course you're gonna have thoughts, you need them. But they start to become more quality and they're not scattered all over the place. You don't have to try as hard to find them. They're just there. So for me, the two go hand in hand. And it also shows that they're principles rather than rules. And you can still be you and be a minimalist or be you and be a yogi. You know, you don't have to go wear all white or you know, subscribe to, and doing that is just, and not that there's anything wrong with that either, completely not, but, um, you know, I think in our culture, we're very into the paradigm of a noun, a thing. You know, I like that car. I like that car a lot. I'm going to get that car. I'm just going to go get it financed, and I'll think about how I'm going to pay for it later. Where a lot of other cultures think about it the other way first, like, well, how would I pay for that car? So you're in the process, the verb, more than you are in the noun. So with minimalism or yoga, there's a paradigm shift. There's a big shift that happens and you're either ready for it or you're not. Um, and that is the most beautiful part is being exposed to that shift and it'll look different for each person. It might be coffee mugs, it might be you know, clothes. You know, I never was one to have a lot of clothes. I've always had like two pairs of shoes. Um, but, you know, thoughts I could do with less thoughts. It can be an emotional thing, too, you know, what types of thoughts you're having. So just to be open to there's a spot for you in it. It's just more about being mindful. Minimalism, yoga, all about being mindful and aware. And once you start the actual practice, the verb, the things come. So some of this seems like crazy, you know, like I... I like what I do. Of course you like what you do. You've been, you've been doing it, but you're open to something because you're sitting here. And to make that shift when you're uncomfortable, that's when you know you've started to make the shift. Otherwise, you're just learning something, but you're not practicing it. And we want to be practicing the thing, like how are you doing it? Yeah, it is so much deeper than stuff. <laughs> you know. Thank you, that was great. I'm sure that we'll have much more to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know exactly how to even pinpoint it because it's really everything that you do. It's not just one little specific segment. Mm -hmm. 
think you all found it's really, it's really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's abstract. Yeah, yeah, it's I went with the minimalist, you know, I, I find I'm better just speaking and kind of just deal with that. You know, prepare uh, I'll have things. questions. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. so um, so good and they actually some of the things that you all talked about are some of the things that I too feel and have experienced and um, just makes me want to dive deeper into it so um, I also Joshua Becker who has this group called the minimalists or um, what is it called um, becoming minimalist his quote is and I find that I identify with it a little as well so not to steal from him but Minimalism for me is the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of anything that distracts us from it. While there is certainly some overlap with decluttering, minimalism takes a harder look at possessions. And for my story, um, mainly for me, minimalism, when I was young, it was always um, almost like I kind of had OCD a little when I was younger. Everything had to be in its place, and I had a very clean bedroom since I was like two years old. And you know, my friends' parents would be like, "Teach so and so to be like you," and I was like, "I don't," you know. And then even throughout the years, it became um, when I owned my home for 13 years. It was a a Cape Cod home, and you know, under 2,000 square feet. But still, people would come in and say where's all your stuff? Were you just moving in? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, what? And don't you have kids? Yes, I have a son. Where's that? You know, so it's like, I don't know. It's just, and I had family. So um, on my mom's side, a lot of her sisters and my grandma was very much like keepers and savers and yard sale shoppers. And I was like, was I, am I genetically like to all of you, I'm not anything like them, you know. But I enjoyed going with them, but at the same time, um, it was hard because I didn't get as much enjoy. I liked my time with them, but even my friends like to go to the mall. I hate malls, you know, and shopping. And even since I was young, it was like, I can't stand Walmart. And it just is overwhelming to me, and I would just want to immediately go in and organize things, or, you know, and, and it was just hard for me, you know. Straighten up. Yes, and, oh, in the lines, and just, I mean, part of it is my, you know, I'm not patient either, so it was, like, easier for me to live like that because it made my life smoother to not have to, to do that. So there was that, and then on my dad's side, um, it was just my grandma, his mom, and his sister, and there weren't any cousins and all this, but um, they were, my aunt um, was very wealthy, and they owned a winery in the Finger Lakes, and I was her only niece, so it was always like, Jamie gets this and save this because someday it's going to be worth money, or, you know, she'll get all my jewelry, or this and that, but unfortunately and sadly, um, my grandma is in her 90s, and she's still alive, but she's in a nursing home, and my aunt um, and I was like a daughter to her. She passed away of lung cancer this past October, and it's just, it's weird with life without her, but it's also, in a, from a minimalism perspective, it's um, my time with her and my memories with her are more important than any stuff, and I know she meant it lovingly that she would want to give me or anything like that, and it's because she didn't have kids, and my brothers and I were like her kids, but now it's like at 60, you know, six years old, 
she passed away and I feel like we had so many more things than my son and I we would want to do with her than the stuff you know and over the years I think too it ended up stopping with that you know and more just quality time and less about you know so making memories and my family is more that way now too some of my family still likes the yard sales and the stuff but Christmas thankfully because also I don't have family in Rochester they all live in different states even my immediate family so um, we're fortunate as far as from a minimalism perspective that it's not about gifts at Christmas it's about um, a season so we didn't even really see each other at Christmas but we all got together in February and we all flew together so save the money and take a flight together and do something together as a family instead so fortunately for us it's not about like what stuff we have because you know some of my family like my brothers are more affluent so they have everything they already need and my parents don't want anything from us we just want time together so from that perspective it's really fortunate um, also I'll say that with my son he's autistic and so another thing I wanted to talk about was that in an effort to like um, with from like our that he makes at school or like teacher and stuff like that he made things but it was more of like just well he was growing up you know he's always been passionate with music so his wasn't like stuff it's always been more of like he just loves giving and now he's like playing music for people at nursing homes so again it's more about time and using whatever gifts that you have to share with other people in the community that's you know just as wonderful as like physical material things so that's been a blessing and then um you know but we never like so i could never keep up like or compare myself with other people because what dylan my son was doing was never the same as what other kids his age were doing he was always sort of you know doing his own thing and we were always on our own journey because it was just a unique journey together so and um so that's the way it is but um i didn't do ironically i <laughs> didn't do a powerpoint and i printed and i don't usually like printing paper so i know it's ironic for minimalism to have <laughs> but i thought that i would do this just so that you could have like a resource to take home so i just pinpointed each and i'll just quick, quickly go over that um and so basically what it is is how minimalism isn't for me now just about stuff it's manifested into every area of my life sure if you want to thank you um so like for instance at work okay so i have um and i loved what you said about sometimes you because now i have a more simple job that doesn't pay a lot but i just i don't have to take my work home with me which i like and at the job that i have now as an administrative assistant I also get to do what I like, which on the side, I started my own professional organizing business. So, um, like at work, my boss knows that I like to do that, and we have all these closets with all this stuff, and my gosh, I'm ready to have a heart attack when I walk into something sometimes, but like I just, you know, I get pleasure, you know, and passion out of going into these closets and organizing them, and so at my, my work closets, I went and organized, and it also helps because it saves the company money because I order supplies for the company, like if they want pens or pads of paper, but we have decreased that tremendously through you know, our corporate spending, which has been very helpful. And they don't use as much, and thankfully they don't print you know, much either. And I think this generation that's coming in too doesn't do that as much as through the 80s and 90s when I was 
it was a little bit different time. You know, they were selling printer and ink cards, you know, and stuff like that. And they're not doing that now because of everything being electronic, uh, electronic or more minimal. So that being said, from a work perspective, it helps. And I mean, so, and I also um, did my master's degree in strategic leadership, but it was really, um, so we did a whole, um, I looked at Boeing and I audited Boeing. That was what I did for my final study and how companies in corporate America can save a lot of money. And there just is so much beneficial, even to minimalism in corporate America, because everything, again, goes back to value and quality over quantity every time, everything in your life, whether it's your relationships with people or whether it's physical things or how a company is spending money or how engaging with people and how they're paying their employees and what are they paying their employees to do. And I mean, it, you know, it can get really specific, it can, it can get tricky, but it, in the long run, the more time that you spend making the right decisions with that and being proactive and less reactive, then I feel like it's, you know, there's just nothing but benefits from that. Um, I actually no longer have credit cards either. They're paid off. I didn't have a lot of credit card debt, but what little I had, it was, I could never pay other things or feel like I was ever ahead in life, and I did not like that feeling. And so um, I just gave a resource here. There's an app or a website that you can go to called everydollar.com, and it tracks and it really does help you get on a budget to be helpful. Um, and then um, as far as like in the home, in the closet, I shop at Goodwill. Um, I do shop at other places too at like Target, but I tend to be very picky, so I already kind of know in my mind what do I need and what do I want, and then um, wait until I kind of have an idea, and then I go and, and get it, because for me it's important with time and, and the money I'm spending. Um, so uh, where I'm trying to improve more and getting a little bit better at is in my, like, so like I buy fresh produce at the public market when I can, or Aldi, I like Wegmans, I love Wegmans. But I like Aldi because they don't have the bags. You can just get the, when you go to Aldi, you just get like your, you know, they don't have, you can get a box and you can use the same box, which I do. I just have my box in my trunk of my car and then you go and you get what you need and then you just have that. So it, you know, minimize, ugh, I can't speak, sorry. Minimize is having to have all the plastic bags that my son picks on me, but it's like, he's like, you really do hate plastic, don't you? And I'm like, oh, this plastic. <laughs> But anyway, so, um, and then um, it can also stream to other things like the television and, you know, again, what are you really spending your time watching? Why are you watching that? I mean, minimalism, just like we talked about, it just goes into everything of your life. Why are you even, like, sometimes I watch stuff and it was like, so <laughs> I'm watching, that. why did I just spend time with that? Like, that was just, you know what I mean? So, um, and then... With the yoga, um, I'm actually getting back into yoga too, so I love what she said, and I love that the mindfulness goes along with that. So I recently read a book on mindfulness, and then I um, have done the Headspace app, and I feel like while I've had um, minimal possessions and physical things, I my mind sometimes can be very creative, and I want to spend more time here, or then I feel guilty because I did this instead of this and then I have all these ideas and or I'm thinking why did he say that or why did she do that and then it's like oh my goodness you know and it's like this too overwhelming for your mind so it's um it's been helpful to just 
just this moment, just right now, do the best you can right now, and that doing the best you can right now sets you up for the best that you can the next moment and tomorrow. And so, and just being, and not being hard on yourself when you're not that way. So there's, you know, the mindfulness piece. Um, and then just life in general. Again, you know, just our relationships with people are about people, not the stuff we own. And really, when you get down to it, most people really don't care what you own. They just really care about who are you, you know, and and sharing that together because, you know, it's not forever. So, um, and then I just put a few, um, like I said, resources at the bottom. One thing I thought that was on here that I might have added to that one that's not on mine is um, in the community. So I do utilize the libraries a lot. And the tool library, as she mentioned, we'll be meeting with them. I've used that before in Fairport. And then there's a new one that I just found out about on Instagram that I don't even know. It's it's a zero waste um, community here in Rochester. So I put their website on there. Is there a community bullet on the one that you guys have? No. Okay. So I'll have to read oh, yeah, that one up. Community. Oh. Yeah. And there's um, something that's. But anyway, I just found out about them, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'd like great. to have a panel on zero waste yeah. in the future, so. Cool. Uh, thank you all very much. So, I mean, I have, we have, I have plenty of questions I can ask, but do you all have any questions for us? I wanted to mention a resource, too. Yeah. Um, Rochester Makerspace on Thursday and Saturdays is free and open to the public, and they have a craft area, and they have a stained glass area, and they'll teach you stained glass for free, and you can use their art supplies for free. So we don't have to hoard our arts class. Right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. And they take donations too. They do. Stuff, right? Oh, great. Yeah. Where is that located? It's um, on off Scranton Street, off St. Paul. Okay. Giant warehouse. Yeah, I think that, that yeah, I think a lot of people really think immediately when they first hear minimalism stuff, things come to mind, tactile objects. But what a lot of the other presenters really touched on is that mind space. And there was a quote early on in this process that came to me was like, somebody said it in a yoga class, and they said, um, if you look at music on paper, there's space between the notes. If there was no space, it would just be noise. So if we don't put space between our thoughts, it becomes noise. And we've all heard that noise, you know, those voices and, and things. So yeah, um, um, minimalism has led me down a path of more mindfulness for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We had a mindful-based stress reduction class with the minimalists, so it all kind of blends together. And I do think that um, minimalism, excuse me, hoarding is really a, an American problem. I mean, the more I read about it, and I've talked to friends who are from other countries. One time I pitched a story to an editor about hoarding, and he was he's from like Sweden, and he's like, what is hoarding, you know? That's not something that exists. They don't have space, they have less resources, and they're focused on the quality of um, relationships and time with each other. So, about uh, mindfulness, I uh, Native American talked one time, and he said that we call ourselves um, human beings, and being is the present tense of the word to be. He says most white people are human becomings. <laughs> they live in the future. Oh, I got to go do this. I got to pick up this. I got to get that. I got to instead of like you say the mindfulness, being in the present moment. 
for like being human doings and stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even the American dream in and of itself was based around consumerism in a lot of ways, materialism, you know? Yeah. And there's just so much more. And it's a blessing to be an American, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I mean, I've always kind of felt too, like some of the ways that I was growing up and my thought process were like, you know, I should have been in Europe or something, you know? And when I went to Europe, I felt better with that culture in some ways because here it was like everybody with their big SUVs and their big houses and their big food and there's so much yeah. and it was like, all to just Super-sized. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's true. And I think we're at a generational point right now where um, there's the generation of our older, our parents, we're seeing what they've been hoarding and taking and holding onto, and we want to stop that. We don't want to be in that position. <laughs> so I think there's, there's yeah. um, we're, it's an exciting time to be alive. Minimalism, you know, is, yeah. it's, a, it's not just a fad. People are uh, drawn to it because they they're they're looking for solutions. You know, we're all looking for a way out of the madness. So I think that's why it's become so popular. I wanted to know, like, I know what my house looks like. I think that you know, visually, like, what what does your house look like? You know, how is that? Like, when people when people know that you're like you said that people do kind of notice. You know. Uh, describe like how would you describe your home? Yeah, I mean I can take pictures and show or have you over sometimes. <laughs> now it, it is almost too. I and I will, but to be honest, it's a little bit too minimal for me now. And why I say that is because it's a one bedroom apartment. So she might have even written that in the description yeah. that I. So I it was a and I've never had a lot a lot of stuff, but now it's literally a one bedroom apartment. And um, for me, I like it because to be honest. My hope is to not always have a one-bedroom apartment. I don't know as if, you know, I want a huge house again, but I do want something a little bit bigger. Um, but right now, I don't even have the stuff to put in it, and so why I'm saying that is just, it'd be nice, like I don't even have a coffee table right now to set like a mug down to have some a friend over for tea. So it's a little bit, you know, too minimal to be honest, but it has like a sofa and, you know, two chairs and then my bed and my dressers. and and stuff like that, and then a few pictures. Um, uh, my mom, I've been, I really, I'm, I'm like the opposite of a green thumb, but I want plants really badly. <laughs> so my mom was like, well wait, I'll have some, my, she lives in Tennessee and she's coming soon, so she has some friends, her neighbors starting plants for me. So she's gonna bring some plants to me when she comes, um, because I do want some plants, but like, as far as, Stuff. So I do have only what I need. I mean, my closets are, again, kind of with the OCD, but they're color, so it's like the blue shirts here, that the, you know, and it kind of goes like the rainbow, you know, colors, and I'll take, I'll take a picture. Yeah, I should ask everybody to bring a picture, yeah. Um, and then my cupboards are just, you know, stainless steel, like a few pots, just basic, you know, a few spoons, like I don't have tons of, you know, I don't really have any much on the countertops. I do have my toaster and, you know, so, um, and a couple pot holders and coffee pot and the counter, that's all that's on the counter. So real simple. Yeah, yeah very simple, just clean I line, think you just all are probably even more minimalist than I am, so. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. seen, I've, I know what your house, I've seen pictures, I know what your house looks like, and I think I have, you know, quite a bit more stuff, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I admire you all. And 
I'll take a note from your books. <laughs> so, yeah, how about you, Ben? I know that you moved a lot, and you just you sh- we we also mm-hmm. share space, right? Mm-hmm. I share space in my home with other people. Ben um, lives in a communal kind of situation as well. So, well, it's having a room is always nice because whether or not your roommates are minimalist or not, that's kind of like your zen den. That's your space. Um, at one point, I lived in a room where literally my king size bed was about two-thirds of the room and my door would hit the bed when I'd open up I turned the wall into a closet like I had to build my own house. it was really small so then <clears throat> moving from that place to where I am now where I actually have a relatively large room it's so great having being able to live in such a small space and then having the opportunity to be in a larger space you have more space to do yoga or anything really like exercise in my room so there's no nothing wrong with having space um, but I don't need a mansion I don't have <laughs> but um no my roommates aren't minimalists so <laughs> and I'm kind of somewhere in between like I, I'm not like I'm not like a total minimalist I like things like I have a, four guitars and you have a uniform type of thing going right yeah usually not in winter though because but yeah I mean springtime summertime pretty much every day I just wear black t-shirt dark jeans watch literally like almost every single day of the year and I'll get compliments on my style and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) but Steve Jobs actually when um, I'm sure you've all probably heard when he was alive he had a uniform so that he didn't have decision fatigue because yeah. he didn't want to waste his energy making a decision on what to wear in the morning and I personally that was an area for me that I'm still getting to the bottom of but um, you know standing in front of my closet before work some days and saying I have nothing to wear but I have a dress two dressers probably like ten drawers of dress of clothes and a whole closet and like two shelves <laughs> Nothing to wear. <laughs> How's that possible? I just didn't like anything, you know? So once I got rid of everything that I didn't like, now it's just like matching is all that I need to do in the morning. It's a, a little easier, so. And Nicole, um, you know, how would you describe your like, surroundings, you know? Mm, yeah, I live in an apartment, um, and I did live communally with Amy, and uh, that was nice too, and that taught me a lot of um, things about, I've always been a cook, and I like to cook and um, that really changed things with that. I started cooking more minimally because I would use like one pot sort of situation. So I can like, I am the Instapot. <laughs> 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 you know, so you learn too, like some of those gimmicky things too. Like you don't really need that. I don't have a toaster. I have a broiler, you know, I can use that. I have a timer, I'm good to go. Um, so it creeps in that way. So my house, what does my house look like? Well, I'm also a yogi, um, so um, <laughs> I have a lot of, um, I have a couple altars. Those are the things I have to watch out for, um, popping up everywhere and creating more. Because um, all space is kind of sacred to me. I don't own a TV. I stopped watching TV years ago, and um, it was like the best decision ever because I used to binge watch stupid stuff that you wouldn't even think I watched you know but I was watching it and um, I knew it wasn't real but for some reason 
I don't know. <laughs> so it just felt like really good to, you know. Check out. Yeah, to just spend my time reading now and like, you know, it makes me a better practitioner and teacher in person. Um, but yeah, so my house is a little different. That's why it's nice to, to see it takes all different shapes. I did almost pick up a coffee mug the other day at the store because I wanted one that was a little bigger. But I just got two more, and I used to have one, and now I find myself using them all, but they're just uh, more of a wash rotation, so I stopped doing that. So I really think about things. Like, do I have this already? Do I really need it? Because I also, what I do for a livelihood, I really have to, like, budget my money. Um, so I'm constantly sort of like that thrifty person, but also, you know, value. I don't want it to fall apart tomorrow or the plastic fumes kill me tomorrow. But um, yeah, and I also grew up moving constantly. My parents just moved a lot. There was no particular reason. My dad was always chasing a dream. Um, so with the moving, at a very young age, I was able to like not be really attached to things. Or if I was, I learned the lesson that like they are things, and they can be taken away. Um, so I got that like a long time ago. Um, so for me, I just try to, um, I don't have a lot of things, but what I do have is like value. I don't have a lot of like little trinkets. If they are a trinket to someone, you know, they're value, they're worth something. I don't have like little plastic things around. And that can take time. And that's what I was trying to say before too. It's not like, oh, that sounds right. Let me do it. It's like just start thinking about it and then change will come. That's why my house looks like it does. It's, Ten years ago, I would have never thought my house. Yeah, I, I was uh, looking around my living room maybe a couple months ago, and I realized I had only purchased two things in the living room. Everything else had been given to me, or I'd gotten it for free, and that felt really good. You know that I hadn't, I didn't have to. You know, there's 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 so much created already in this world. There's it's 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 sad. I, I think of it as stuff karma when you buy something and then it never gets used for its intention. So then the natural resources that had to be killed for that and destroyed for that basically are wasted because they're not being used for their original intent. So um, that was something that I was proud that, you know, I was reusing things. And um, I have a list. I keep a list. When it comes to shopping, I try really hard not, as soon as I want something, I try not to buy it. I have to give like a waiting period and just kind of go home and think about it and even if it's on sale and it might not be there if it's not there when I get back it was not meant to be you know but that list has really come in handy and I feel that sometimes when I just put it on that list the universe hears and it's like oh she needs that and somebody's got it for me so sometimes it's just a matter of like expressing that wish or saying it out loud and then the thing either comes to me or later on down the road I look at the list and I'm like I didn't actually need that so putting that space between that purchasing, you know, and, and wanting and purchasing can really, like, make it more clear if it's a need, a want, a luxury for me. So, anything you guys, like, tricks you guys have that you want to share or, you know, talk about your li where you're at in your journey or where you want to be? Nobody wants to be a fan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Everyone's a very good listener. Yeah. <laughs> so, point out something just yeah. because just something to add on is um so how you've been saying is how minimalism just like with anything in life you know how you perceive it or what it means to you might be something a little bit different in your journey and that's 
great because I feel like, you know, while some people think of minimalism like let's just look at a closet, for instance, um, you know, I know some people that are, I know a lot of creative people that are creative in very different ways. And so like some creative people, I know like a couple of close girlfriends are like more of like shoes and clothes and, but they use them, you know, that's their passion. It's like this goes with this, or you can put that, that with that, you know, whereas, you know, I prefer, you know, I sometimes sort of wished I was like that in some ways, because I'm like, you know, just of the plane you know i just stick with like i don't have i buy goodwill but like i banana republic i used to go to or jake like just simple classic timeless pieces that might last you know and transition from one season to the other um but you know some people it's their passion is my point and so if that brings them happiness and joy then it's not um, then it still can be minimalism because it's not something that they're waste, they're using their time and energy for something that's already wired in them. But and they're not making excuses either, I guess. Because sometimes we do that, like, oh, I'm keeping this for that, but really you're just, you know. So that's all I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more of just an energy thing too. It's where are you spending your thought process and time. If it brings you joy, and you know you're helping somebody from it, then it's still can be minimalism. It's just... You know, one of the things I struggle with, I, I just... Uh, sorry, I, I upsize. I went from a mobile home and I, I just oh, two years ago bought a, a house with an acre of land. And, um, but there, there's some things that I want to uh, you know, put on Craigslist or, you know, whatever. And just sort of, I don't really feel that I have that, and I didn't just say a talent, but the you know, how to take pictures of it, upload it, how much to charge for it, you know, that whole thing it, to me is like really overwhelming. You know, to sit down and take the time and do the research. Oh God, now somebody's gonna come to my house and you know, that whole bit. But I'd like to get rid of it. So that's well, a challenge. You guys have a yard sale. I don't really have that much stuff to have a yard sale, you know, which is just here and there, a few little things. I'm like, oh, you know, like, the house came with a washer and dryer, which I had my own washer and dryer. So it's been down in the basement for two years because mm -hmm. I just can't seem to get the. And then eventually it won't work. Right. And then it'll be worthless. <laughs> right. yeah. 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 But now that you're, you know, on there, maybe just that would be a first step, just a suggestion, you know, mentioning it on the website or something because you never know who might see it. And then they might have somebody pick to it up. Yeah. Right. Or the buy nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right, but just so that, like I say, take a picture, sure. post sure. it, you know. Right. So, so one thing that, um, that's helped me uh, is I've, I've been using a professional organizer over the past couple of years, just like once a month, once every couple of months. And um, it's it's good in a couple, couple of ways. One, it's uh, paid for accountability. You know, it's like she's coming now. Or whatever, you know. So I've got that going on. And then also, um, I need to, I have needed, and I still need to learn how to think differently about, you know, how I use my time and how I, you know, why I keep stuff and that sort of thing. And it, it helps to have another perspective. I'm guessing if I was married, it would. Definitely, I have that other perspective, but you know. But anyways, my my point is, is it's helpful to have. She's she's very. Um, I mean, she she thinks 
in an organized way, in, in a sparse way. And it helps me to just get a bit of that, just be exposed to that. Mm -hmm. It's not even direct teaching, it's more caught than taught kind of. Osmosis. Um, yeah, yeah. because yeah, we're just working together, and we're, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, I can work, you know, for example, one thing I've been working on is um, shredding uh, paper and that sort of thing. And it just the concept of taking two minutes to do something, right. because I have two minutes. Yeah. You know, I can, oh, I can shred, you know, some, a whole bunch of stuff, and eventually you get through it, you know. This, these little micro time things, um, yeah. you can get a lot done in five minutes. You know, and um, that's and that's something I think I've learned. I've definitely learned from her. Is um, you know, five minutes. Let's let's do this. Let's sort the mail. Let's you know, whatever. So it's been good. But yeah, it's, so it's uh, sometimes that sort of thing can be helpful. Yeah. It's expensive, but <laughs> it's worth it. I, I find it. it it's worth. They say it. that you know, you if you really want some something to change in your life you invest money yeah. you know that that's a great way to hold yourself accountable and, and make it yeah um, stick you know yeah um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going through I was a journalist for 10 years so I have 10 bins of thousands of newspaper articles and that is the final frontier for me and so <laughs> last year I just started saying okay I'm gonna stay after work 10 15 minutes every day or like once a week and I'm going to scan a couple of newspapers in every week and then put them on a portfolio electronic website. And I'm going, to, I'm finally almost to the bottom of one bin. It's taken so long, but you know, it's, it's just a few minutes every week, you know? So when I break it down like that, then it's not this overwhelming process of like, it'll never get done. It's slowly chipping away, you know? And, and every week I'm, I'm like, okay, I don't have to do the whole bin, but I can do a few papers, you know, and, and then it breaks it down into to chunks, attainable chunks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I was thinking that when you when you cut television out, I saw us all nodding. I, do any of us own tel televisions? Or? Mm -hmm. No. It's Netflix. Yeah. So I, have, I, I mean, I have a couple, you yeah. know, on my, I use an app. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's more I deliberate then. It's yeah, like you but I choose don't have a what, physical television right, anymore. And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, nothing is wrong with television. That is some ways people like to check out. They like movies. That's something that brings value to people's lives. But for me, um, five years now without a television, and people, I always get that question: What do you do at home? And I'm like, like to relax. Yeah. Like I just, um, I don't know. I like, go to bed. It's like <laughs> Yeah, so when I have family come to town, like my nephews won't come over because I'm like, what are we going to do over there? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I got art supplies. Yeah. We're going to make a craft. But when you, yeah. <laughs> it's just a slow change, you know, when you start to change, then you see it differently. You see um, how your time can be spent more wisely and differently, and, and then you don't miss the. You know that as much, you know, because really, I mean, like I would watch like Grey's Anatomy. Why? So I could, you know, and then I'd I'd have these emotions. Yeah. Like, why am I crying? Yeah. You know? What things are? What is it? Too. What is it? <laughs> this is us. I've never watched it, but I know what's happening because I see it on Facebook. I don't even need to watch TV. I just on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody died. It was a crackpot yeah. fire. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. And I don't watch it. I don't watch <laughs> right, it. Right. But we know. Yeah. You don't need to watch TV. No. No. 
Yeah. I wanted to ask uh, maybe each one of you could, I mean, you started to hit on it, uh, like uh, family and friends don't want to come over because they don't know what to do. So <laughs> have, you, have you noticed your connections with other people changing, like you've lost some friends and made some others? Or it definitely has shifted, yeah. I think the people I hang out with have shifted, and at work, I've kind of become like that late girl. You know? <laughs> <laughs> girl. Yeah, like I said, they all want to talk about certain things, consumer stuff or television, and I just kind of, I don't know if I can, I just don't participate in those conversations as much. My mother has been, um, I'm so proud of her because she, I think all mothers want to do this. Well, I'm saving this for you, and I'm saving you money because I'm buying you curtains for your house and rugs, and then, well, that doesn't match my style. I don't really like it. doesn't fit the window. So um, once she saw that I was getting rid of all my things and that I wasn't taking new things from her home, she shifted really quick. So this has been, um, it's a family thing, and I think it's, at first it was kind of like, oh, she, you know, cute, what a fad, you know, she's going through a phase. And now years later, they're like, oh, we, what do we buy her for Christmas? You know, so it's shifting their mindset because they, they can't really just, like, give me things anymore or um, mom knows I'm not taking stuff when I go home, you know. So that's definitely shifting in a good way. And um, definitely surrounding myself with more people. You know, this once-a-month meeting really just helps me get to know new people too so how about you I think it's a it depends whether it's family or friends if it's family you kind of have to you know something they have to respect you you respect them so you find some middle ground and maybe you're the weirdo and maybe maybe you know that's okay you know as long as everyone's happy but for me that's what it's been like for family a lot of like who are you, you know, you're, you're strange sort of thing, but at the end of the day, we're still family, so, you know, I'm just a strange family member. But with friends, it just goes back to, like, that paradigm shift sort of thing, you know? Um, like attracts like sort of principle, so for me, I'm not hanging out with lots of people that are completely, like, don't share any interests as me. Um, you know, if you go to the bar, they all have that interest, they're having a drink together. Um, I don't drink, so I'm not going to like hang out at the bar, you know. Um, so I think that comes with it, and if you were in making the shift, that's where it becomes hard. Because sometimes it, you do lose. Sometimes people are scared to talk about like the loss that happens in transition. Mm -hmm. um, but then sometimes you do gain. So it's kind of like, what did I lose? What value did that bring? Why do I miss it? And what did I gain? So I think with friends, um, you could lose some, but you could also gain a lot too. And some will be inspired and come with you. <laughs> we've kind of done this. It, it's yeah. funny how like we kind of both came at it at different angles, and then slowly yeah. we're like, oh, well, you know, we don't watch TV and we don't have a lot of stuff to so, yeah. I agree with both you guys. Um, I like doing things alone, but I also like being around people. So I'll start my activities alone a lot like I'll come to this meeting or I'll sometimes go to the bar go to a show and you go out and you do something alone and like you said like attracts like you find more people that are like-minded in that regard when I go to a lot of concerts you start seeing the same faces and you build new friends and connections that way and sometimes you will lose friends because they have a different mindset as to what they 
like to do and that's okay you know it it it's it's the shift you know it's everything you guys just said um because we're very humans are very people oriented people um but sometimes you need to take the step and do something alone if no one wants to do it with you or no one can and then you'll probably find another person who did the exact same thing and then you can be alone together <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I would say, and as far as, excuse me, my physical space, my apartment now, as I was saying, it's smaller, so I can't entertain in the way that I did at my house. But yeah, at the same time, um, now I'm working in a position where, um, you know, I sit at the front desk at my office. So when we have offsite people coming from, so we have the Rochester location, but then we have an Austin and a New York, and like even today, for instance, um, people were coming in for a training from, you know, our different offices, our Manhattan office or our, you know, Texas office. So, and I'm the one to be able to offer them coffee or, so I'm still able to be, do things that I like is to be, you know, offer hospitality towards people, which I like. Um, but I'm not doing that in my apartment right now. So, you know, things shift and are different, but eventually, like I said, you know, I'll have, you know, more people over again, but I still meet, you know, friends like, you know, Amy and I went out not that long ago and did, you know, dance yeah. class together and then went out to eat afterwards or I meet, you know, friends for coffee or tea or, you know, just, you know, whatever it is. So there's other ways, not just entertaining in my house, to reach out and meet people or do things that you still like. And, you know, as you were saying, it's the same way that, um, like, so, you know, I don't know if this is minimal minimalism related or not but just to kind of elaborate on what you guys were saying as well just from a lifestyle perspective for me um, I decided that I'm not gonna stop living the life that I because for so long I was so empathetic to people I was starting to hurt myself just to get a little bit personal um, and put myself through a little bit of trauma for a few years and um, that being said it's like when I finally just started deciding to love myself first and put myself first um, you know, not to get too deep about this, but um, then life started showing up, you know, and it was like people started respecting me more. So the friends that were really my friends anyway, were really still wanted the best for me. And they would still come or we would find other ways. And if they didn't, then okay, then that was a time in my life where, you know, we were, you know, did whatever we needed for each other and let it go. And that's another part of minimalism too. And don't waste any more thoughts or time about it. It's done. And now I'll move forward from that, whatever it was, you know, my marriage and, you know, a lot of things. And a lot of that can be, you know, minimalism is a lot of psychology as well. You know, whatever it is, why are we holding on to stuff? Why are we meeting these people? Why are we, you know, so it can get really deep and, and into all that. But that being said, when I started to do and spend my time on the things that I love most and just make the best out of this life now, only, you know, more goodness comes from it. Or you meet like-minded people or you meet people that maybe you'll learn something from and you'll teach them something. And But it's not wasted anymore. And so there's just kind of like, I don't know. A reason. For yeah, it. yeah. I, I think um, I forgot to say, too, I am... Um, Notorious, I'm the cruise director in my circle of friends, and I usually end up, you know, pulling together like 30. It used to be these huge camping trips and huge. Every time I got together, there was like, you know, a lot of people. And now I'm I'm finding I have to be around one on one, two on two. It's smaller groups for me because I'm just kind of like 
more sensitive to, to too much, whether that be people, you know, food. I'm even finding myself moderating my food and, you know, even, you know, all, it makes you question, you know, in consumption in all levels. So um, hanging out with fewer people now um, at a time, like, more quality instead of quantity, that keeps coming up for sure. That's definitely an area that has changed. And um, similar to Nicole and Ben, who have, by clearing space in their lives and getting more clear on what their talents, passions, skills, and like how to meld that into their careers, um, I'm starting to coordinate um, group excursions now. This summer, I'm with women, and um, I'm going to be charging money for it. So this is like <laughs> a shift, you know, instead of just like doing it for free and for friends. Now I can see I do love that. I don't want to get away from it, but I also, it costs me energy, time, you know, motion. So now I'm seeing that, you know, maybe I can still do that, but do it in a way that I can make money and, you know, and make that part of a career move. So I love the both of you, your elements of like kind of, Getting, you're saying, you know what? I know what society says I need to do, but you know, there's got to be a balance for me, and, mm -hmm. and I can I can do what I love and also make ends meet. Um, just takes a lot of tweaking, and you know. So I think that that's like the whole next level is to go. I mean, I just got rid of stuff. The you know these people have made shifts in their lives. You know, I think that that's, you know, and I'm starting to see how that leads down that path. You know, it's a gradual evolution. What's, we ask, you know, to our items and to our stuff, do I value this item? You, it's good to ask that to yourself. Like, do, am I valuing myself? Like, you're talking about knowing your value. You're doing something for free, but you deserve payment for that. Right. And yeah. you, it's almost like taking that risk, knowing your own value, you know? Yeah. <coughs> cool. Any other questions anybody has? I don't know. It's like 8.03, so um, I like always like to leave a little time for people to kind of just mingle. So if you want to ask any questions of us personally, um, if nobody has any questions they want to ask aloud, we can kind of just, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to go back to the airport tool shop. Yeah. Thing. Uh, my personal experience, I've bought things, uh, they have very good prices, and I've donated things there. Um, there's another resource that uh, may not be obvious. Um, it's staffed by uh, older men, uh, volunteers, and you can go and you can tap their knowledge. Oh yeah, um, I got experience how to how to do something. The last time I visited uh, over the past couple of weeks, I asked uh, a guy how to sharpen uh, a bit, and I I didn't know the name for it. He says it's just a drill bit. And I went to to the library and found out it's a paddle bit. So I went back and he says, oh yeah, you just take a file to it. And I said, well, you have to do it a certain, certain way. So, so anyway, they can, they can help you um, figure out how to use the tools that they sell. That's great. I, I, I didn't say it in my presentation, but like do it yourself and other ways you can you know, barter, you can share, you can trade, but um, there's a tendency these days to kind of hire other people there's everybody's got a special specialty nobody's a generalist anymore so we're actually losing skills um, because we we just you know we were relying on everybody else to do it so when you can tap into a knowledge of these people who know how to fix everything you know um, that's a dying trade and you know we need to really take advantage of bowling balls 
Oh yeah. Anybody needs bowling balls? I need bowling she balls. She needs bowling balls. They're really beautiful once you get them to that point. So Rochester Greenovation is quite. Oh, she knows. Oh, I probably donated some because if the colors aren't right, I get the Greenovation. There are different states of. I'm still waiting for the earrings. <laughs> Just kidding. I gotta get a plasma cutter, jet water jet. Well, I really appreciate everyone coming out tonight. I hope you gained some value from the presentation, and hope we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see you at future meetings. As we mentioned, April is Penfield, and all the dates and stuff around Meetup, and then we have May at the Fairport Tool Shed, and then June should be a fun potluck. And I just found out today. I'm really excited to announce this is news for everyone. Um, we're gonna have our first buy nothing free cycle event June 2nd, um, hopefully at the Suley Branch Library. So all the Monroe County Buy Nothing groups are going to get together and it'll be open to anybody. You can bring your items and just give them away to anybody. And you got to take them home though if they don't go. <laughs> you can't keep them. So, so that'll be in June and I'll, I'll put all that information on the website. Um, but that'll be a quick... Bay Street, right? What's that? Bay Street. I think so, yeah, I've never been there, I'm going to I'll check it out, but it should be indoors, so rain or shine, and uh, just a, I don't think anybody's ever done that, just giving away stuff. Actually, they have done it, um, I think they do it every year through um, Flying Squirrel. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, this should be pretty big, because there's 10 buy nothing communities, um, but if you are trying not to acquire things, you, you only want to bring stuff to give away. Don't be coming and pick stuff up. So. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank you.